I hope everybody is awake and alert because, you know, I'm excited for today, not just because yesterday David spoke on some really relevant things. He, he brought in the aspects of planning our lives, both an understanding that the practical and the spiritual are one and the same. And I think often in life we can find ourselves looking at the ordinary and going, well, uh, that's no big deal. I don't really need to worry about that. But today I want to go a little bit deeper into the aspects of maybe some ordinary things that we often kind of overlook, and especially in community, and finding your value and significance. And actually the title of my message is, You Are Significant in Christ. You are significant. Each one of you has a relevant part in the tapestry of this life that God has woven you into. You know, we often can, can see ourselves as insignificant because we're not doing what somebody else is doing. Sometimes we find value in what the world is trying to say rather than what God is saying. I forgot to bring I have a prop. Excuse me. <laughs> and so I'm going to have a little object lesson. But, uh, you know, we all want to be known. We all want to be loved. We want to be valued. We want to belong. Yet, how often do we see ourselves sometimes just hanging by a thread? Have you ever heard of that? In this situation, I feel like I'm hanging by a thread. Well, maybe you're connected to the wrong thing. Maybe you're not, being, you're not woven together like we, are, like we say in this church, we are better together. You see a piece of rope. And often we, I think we neglect what is really made in this rope. It's made of many, it's made of more than just one fiber. If you look at this, and I know it's kind of small and far, this is what I had at home available, but I looked at this, I'm like, wow, in, in this little twine that was like, not the best rope probably to use a climb, but there is a lot of pieces in here. From the very little single little thread that you can't even see from the distance to the next group of pieces, and then that comes together to make more pieces, and it all winds up to being this piece of rope. Each one of you can be represented in this concept of understanding your value and significance. Each one of you is woven in and is needed in this church and in this community to see the world transform for the kingdom of heaven. But the butts come out. But I, I don't have that gift. I don't have that you name it. I don't have that person. I don't have that, that job or that, that amount of money. I need to have this because that's what my security lies in. Well, don't put your trust in those things. You need those things. We need those things. But it takes time to create value in yourself, in others around you, and, and, and as a body. So how can we actually come to understand our significance in Christ a bit more? Well, I, I'm going to make it real simple, and I don't, I don't want to take a whole lot of time because we're going to have all of our energy ready for David as he comes here this morning. But I'm going to hopefully bring a bit fresher perspective to the ordinary so you can apply it to your life. Number one, it's about be, building a better me. Now, when I'm speaking this morning, I want you to understand this from, from your perspective, okay? You start out by building a better me. We are better together. We have said it in this church. It's been said a lot, way before I arrived. 
And I just love the, that concept. It sounds really simple, but it is so profound when you actually grab onto the, the reality of being better together. You know, if you were climbing a mountain, and not, being from California, around the Yosemite, there's a lot of climbers that go climb up the mountains there and, and, the, and the other rock faces. And some of these guys don't climb at all with ropes. They free climb. Now, if I was climbing that, I would want to be attached to something. I would want to make sure I have somebody helping me out, guiding my way, knowing that I can, be, can trust in them. Yet, how many of us try to free climb in life, knowing that we shouldn't? How many of us think that we can, oh, I'm going to climb that, I got that, oh, that's easy. You get halfway up and you go, uh, I can't do this, this is scary. And the only way, a way to correct that is either to keep climbing or let go. <laughs> I don't think the second option is probably the best option, unless you know you can fly or something. So, in Ecclesiastes chapter 4, I love this verse. I was reading this, and like, this is perfect. Ecclesiastes 4, 6 through 12. Two are better than one, because they have a good reward for their labor. For if they fall, one will lift up his companion. But woe to him who is alone when he falls, for he has no one to help him up. I love that's really clear. Again, if two lie down together, they will keep warm, but how can one be warm alone? Though one may be overpowered by another, two can withstand him, and a threefold cord is not quickly broken. That's really obvious that that this says we are better together. Within community, there is an intricate significance of us being part of the bigger picture. You are significant. No matter where you're at in life, even yesterday when you heard David speak, there's no better time than right now to make decisions that will affect your future and your destiny. There's no better time right now to actually maybe take the practical and start applying some principles to your life rather than just talking about them and actually plan for your future. I, I, I have a, a hope in a to leave a legacy for my daughter and my family and for their kids and their kids and their kids, on, on and on, are you doing the same? What are you planning for? And it starts by building a better me, knowing that you actually have significance where you're at in life, whether you're a teacher, you're a student, a laborer, whatever it might be, a fisherman. You have significance. You actually have a purpose that that actually is going to affect the greater good. And then there's, yes, my daughter's agreeing with me. Amen. Yeah, I love it. Number two, so within the context of you seeing this from your perspective, build a better you. So that's coming from now the perspective as you look at your neighbor and those that are closest within your circle of influence, building a better you, responding to life situations. She's going to take over, I think, here in a minute. It's hard, it's hard not to ignore that. <laughs> building a better you, knowing that no one else is res- responsible for how you respond to things in life. You know, life's full of hurts, life's full of love, life's full of a lot of good and bad things. How are you going to respond to those things knowing who you are in Christ? 
How are you allowing people in your life to sharpen your countenance? I love Proverbs 27, 17. As iron sharpens irons. As iron sharpens iron, so a man sharpens the countenance of his friend. David spoke on yesterday that we, we individually are not able to do everything by ourselves. You're, you're not going to do everything perfectly or even well. And that's great to be aware of that, actually, I need to build a, be a better you, build a better me, and all this concept of community by allowing people to speak into my life where I'm weak in the areas. If you're, if you're weak in, in actually managing your finances, well, then I suggest you make friends with an accountant. Gary right here is an accountant. I'm sure he can give you some principles and some ideas on maybe how to correct your life situation. If you have matters of the spirit that you're struggling with and understanding God's word, Senior Pastor Peter Earl will probably help guide you into that direction. He does every day. At every, he's here building that foundation every day in his life and in this community. <laughs> but if you're finding your life a bit dull, then I think it's time to visit the grinding stone. If your life it seems to be like you're not doing the things that you'd like to be doing, knowing that you have significance, you're finding your life a bit dull, then you need to visit the grinding wheel. And that grinding wheel is allowing people to speak into your life to, to produce something to sharpen your countenance and your character so that you can actually walk out and cut away the things that you don't need in your life. Whether it's thinking, whether it's, it's the practical, whether it's whatever. We need to be sharp in this world. We need to be aware of what God is actually calling us into. And that actually a lot, and being in a position where you allow someone to speak into your life won't, it may hurt a little bit because, yeah, when you sharpen a knife, you've got to re- remove some material. You have to remove some of that steel to actually get to that edge. But through that pain and maybe, maybe that challenge, you'll find yourself a lot more clear and directed to where you can go in life. And I know I've had it in my life, both before Australia and here, that people have spoken to my life calling me higher, and it's made me a better me. And I encourage you, that's how you start to understand building a better community, is calling each other higher into circumstances that would otherwise speak, speak the negative. You know, and I think ultimately when we respond to each other in love, it's actually calling them to a higher level. Like you're actually, you're calling someone to do something that you're willing to do as well. A real simple example, I clean. My main job outside of this, the pastoring side right now is I scrub toilets. I mop floors. I vacuum my dust. I do whatever. I do the stuff that people would always overlook and I only see and I always pick up. <laughs> Yet, I would never expect anyone else to do that unless I have done it first. And I'm real thankful for my, my in-laws, my parents here in Australia, because a few weeks ago, I'm the only one that cleans, and we don't currently have a backup cleaner, and I was sick. And I came here croaky and not with the best energy, and I was going to do it either I was going to muster through, and they called and said, no, 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 you go home, we'll come in. 
how amazing is that, that they're actually willing to come on their day off to do what I couldn't do. That's being better together. That's actually responding in love, knowing that this all has an effect. You know, you come in the church, you, I hope if you go to the, t- the toilet, you go, oh, wow, it actually looks clean and tidy. You know, you've been to the, some of those petrol stations or service stations, you walk in like, okay, this is a hazard zone. <laughs> I need a bio suit just to go into this area. You know, I think there's a different perspective sometimes when you actually see that somebody, each one of you has this significance that you actually reflect into the kingdom of God. I've always said this, you know, scrubbing the toilets is not the most glorious job. And sometimes it's the most revolting thing. I walk in I'm like, okay, wow, <laughs> what happened here? But I have to position my heart <laughs> and say, you know what? If this is going to see God intervene in this house and create the environment and the atmosphere for love to be experienced and expressed, then this is what I'm going to do. How are you going to respond to situations in life in the same way? Build a better us, point number three. Bear with me if I'm going a little fast. I just, I feel like today, you know, we're, it's going to be a really good day as David gets ready to come in here. Building a better us. So we got build a better me, build a better you, and build a better us. It all interconnects. It's all part of the rope of life. We need to have a continued pursuit of love. We need to have a continued understanding that your significance is significant and it has to be represented out of love. There's a world waiting and, waiting and wanting to know who you carry. The who is Christ. There's so many people in this world that so easily, you watch the media, that see Christians just talking a talk and hardly walking the walk. That's why you see people walking away from this amazing, transforming journey. Because we're so busy talking and just coming to church on Sunday and then going back to work on Monday, back and fitting in with the world, trying to be woven into the world's rope, which to me, honestly, we're this, and that the world's just this little in terms of value and strength. Because real love doesn't seek its own. It's the agape love. Last night, I actually um, I wasn't even planning to use any other illustration with this, but last night I happened to watch a movie. Bree went and had a, a birthday uh, celebration with Mel, and I had the night to myself, my daughter, and she was passed out, and I'm like, I'm going to watch one of my movies I love to watch. And I love watching the kind of the Asian um, like dynasty-type war movies, and they're... You know, they're battling for territory, and, you know, it's, I don't know, I just, I enjoy that, okay? But this movie last night was amazing. It was called The, the Great Battle. And it started out where, obviously, in, in the history of China and whatnot, there's a lot of battles that go on with uh, dynasties and, and emperors and all this. And this one emperor was just constantly consuming all the land and all the villages and, and areas and kingdoms and becoming, like, the, the big guy, Okay? He had 200,000 men in, in his army alone. 200,000. 
Now, back in that day, that's a lot. Today, we probably could use, say, millions, but just imagine 200,000 people marching on foot and horses, pushing all these things, and they come, and they're conquering these areas, and these soldiers come in thinking that they're going to take them out, and they find out, oops, they made a mistake. Long story short, this particular emperor is going uh, on his way to this little fortress, and he says, we're just going to take them out. There probably won't be any bloodshed, and we'll move on to the capital city, and we'll will conquer everything. You get to this little fortress. It has a mountain behind it, and then in front of it's this massive wall. But little do they know that the guy that is overseeing all that has a lot of wisdom. He knows his significance. And they have built their fortress to be able to withstand quite a bit. But they only had 5,000 men. And later on, all of a sudden, here comes this group of 200,000 men and this emperor that thinks he's just going to smash them. And battle after battle, catapults pull up the walls. The walls don't fall. He goes, what's going on? And the, his advisor goes, well, they filled their wall with sand. And when the wall collapses, it, it, it's like self-heals. And then as they go on, they keep on finding themselves defeated. 200,000 facing 5,000. They constantly find themselves defeated after defeat. And then this emperor goes, well, okay, this is the, here's the master plan. We're going to build a mountain right in front of them, and we're going to attack them from that, and there's nothing they can do. How often in life do we see ourselves finding an insignificance, and then when the enemy comes, he will try to come and deceit, kill, and destroy, and try to scare us with a multitude of things. Yet, if you stand strong, knowing you are better together, and you find love and community, that you can withstand anything. I loved in this movie that at the, in the end, even though they built the wall, the guy that oversaw the small little fortress watching kids play in the sand and they built a, a mound of dirt around their hand, they had their hand in it, they pulled it out and all of a sudden that mound collapses. And he took that. And, he, and then he called some friends of his that were miners and they went and dug a hole in a short amount of time underneath this massive mound, like literally a mountain of dirt that they spent almost two years building just to attack them. And within minutes, this enti- as they come forward to make this attack, the mound collapses, and they lose, and all of a sudden the reinforcements come, and the, the, the emperor dies, and you know, it's, a, it's a glorious movie, you know, et cetera, and, you know, and all in subtitle. <laughs> but, you know, I just thought that that's pretty significant. They had to know their significance. They had to know, they could have easily just ran off and surrendered. They could have actually looked at that and thought, no, I, this is crazy. Even one of the guys in the movie said, this is insane. 200,000 against us, 5,000? No way. This isn't going to work. And we had to build our faith. They had to know that they actually together, working together in their strengths and talents, they actually could conquer the enemy. And they actually had to pursue, and in the movie, and I won't go too much further because I want to land this plane. In the movie, each, each individual... Sometimes, at times, and it is showed in the scenes just to fill the time, we're fighting against one another. You know, these guys, these, this group of 5,000 and a few individuals were characters, and they just didn't like each other, and they were fighting one another, almost going to kill them. And ultimately, they had to surrender that, forgive that, and come together because there was a bigger thing that was to be done. Because real love doesn't seek its own self, and it's not selfish. John 15, 12 through 13. This is my commandment, 
that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that they lay one's down, life down for his friends. What are you willing to sacrifice to see love come through? What are you willing to do in life to see that we are better together, to see that we build a better us? What are you willing today in this church to sacrifice to see that we can go into our expansion? It might be time. It might be resources. It might be prayer. It might be your talents. It might be whatever, serve. What are you willing to sacrifice to lay yourself down to see the greater good happen? Hebrews 10, 23-24. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. Let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. As in the manner of some, but exhorting one another, so, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. I love the fact that we assemble, and that's not just on Sundays. I love the fact that we do stir one another. I love, you know, the other day I had a meeting with one of our young adults, and we were just talking, and then this actually kind of, this conversation came up. And we were just talking about just what God was doing in our life, and it was, it was stirring ourselves. It was like it making us hopeful and feeling valued, and like, wow, God's going to do something in ourselves individually than as a whole. It's like it's, it's putting coal into the fire and stirring ourselves. And, you know, the measure of your sacrifice will determine the measure of your love perfectly represented by Jesus Christ on the cross. He so loved the world that he gave. He sacrificed himself. What an amazing measure of love. What are you willing to sacrifice? Maybe it's your attitude. Maybe it's a mindset. Maybe it's, you name it, ask Holy Spirit. God speaks. What are you willing to sacrifice to see love revealed in this church, in your families? Because as Tim's even introduced today, by the renewing of our mind and the renewing the spirit, spirit of our mind, because we do love to see and we do see communities transformed one supernatural encounter at a time. And you're that supernatural encounter. In fact, Bree and I have been recently having random opportunities to speak to our neighbors. And it's been amazing that when you position yourself and sacrifice the time that I could be doing other things and actually just to be a listening ear, it's amazing to hear the stories that these people have, to come from where they've come and to, to hear their hearts for life. And you go, wow, actually, you, your family does this? That's amazing. And I think as we do that, even in the, in the most simplest way with your neighbors... What an opportunity for them to probably encounter Jesus. Because when they speak with you, they encounter Christ. I hope they do. But if you, if you have reservations or if you have issues going on in your heart, they're not going to see Christ, are they? We need to build a better us. Let's stop for the one. I heard that when I was in ministry school. Stop for the one. What's that one person today that you can stop for? 
You'd be amazed as you even go just day to day and you, how often and easily you overlook people who need who you carry. Today, I encourage you, I implore you, let's take a step. Know that you have significance and what you do in life is so, so important. I need you and I hope you need me because that's how we're better together. We can have the muses come up. I want to we'll wrap this up here. So, if you were facing an enemy that was coming at you, do you know that you have significance and a role to play in facing that enemy with a, a group of people who love one another, who are willing to stand together irregardless, irregardless of the outcome? Starts with building a better me. Renew your mind. Get on your knees before the Father. Meditate upon His Word. Call each other higher. Sharpen one another. Have people in your life that they can speak into your circumstances where maybe you're weak in. And then ultimately, that will build a better us as a, as a church, as a body of Christ. And we're just one part of many. We all have a role. And this church has a role and part of the body. And I know God's going to do some amazing things in each one of you in this church. And I'm excited to be part of this church as we move forward and see community reach for Jesus Christ. And and kingdom of heaven to be revealed, heaven on earth. And it starts with you. So if you you mind standing, let's just pray. Our only dependency in life is knowing who he is, knowing what Jesus has done for you and where he's asking you to follow. With your heads bowed, I want to pray over you. And afterwards, we'll have our prophetic team for who can encourage you in your life and point you to the Father. But today, if you find yourself a bit dull, you find yourself a bit challenged in circumstances that would maybe make you feel like you're obsolete, maybe feel like you're not connected, then today get connected. Start with connecting your heart to his heart. And then find someone in this church that you can do life with and speak into your life and help encourage you and strengthen you. Because you don't want to be separate from the rope that God has brought us together to be part of. Because we'll, we'll climb greater mountains than you ever thought we could climb, but we can only do it together. So Jesus, I just thank you for your love. I thank you for us as a family. I thank you for this church. And I just, Father, I just pray blessings upon each one who is here today as they go out today, that they can be encouraged and even excited about encountering you in a new and fresh way to bring people into their life, into their journey. And it's okay to seek one another, but see you glorified in their midst. Father, I thank you for this church and I bless them in all that they do today as we can get to encounter you and then represent you into the world. Thank you, Jesus.